know that the reason for the season, hallelujah, is Jesus and celebrating his birth. And so I'm glad that those of you who are staying in town are here today. And we're just going to celebrate his birth. We're going to look at some scripture. We're going to um, just honor him, adore him, thank God for him. And so the first thing we're going to do is I got a quartet of men. They're going to come out and they're going to minister to us. But let's just first stand and let's pray and believe God together for this service today as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Father God, we just come in the name of Jesus and we're so grateful for everything that you've done for us. We come together to gather together to honor the birth of our Lord and our Savior, your Son. And we're here to magnify and glorify his name. Father God, if there's anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior, I pray today that he'll be revealed to a way to them where they'll be able to receive him, accept him, and walk with him the rest of their days. And Father, we just celebrate the birth of Jesus and we glorify you. So grateful that you sent your only begotten son into the earth so that we could be born again and be part of the family. We're so grateful for it in Jesus' name name. Everybody said amen. amen. So we got a quartet of men coming up singing some Christmas carols. I do. Angels we have heard, angels we have heard on high. 
sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Turn to me, uh, we'll look, uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, they'll put it off on the screen. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1. We're going to see where the Gabriel, the Ga- uh, angel Gabriel came. And uh, let's look at this. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, and the house of David, and a virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I'll just stop because of what we're talking about. The angel said to her, You are highly favored. Uh, what is favor? Well, favor means that God has selected you and you all have been coming. You know that you are favored with God and man. So here's another account of someone being favored. He said, you are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Again, that's one of the things we've been looking at. When God is with you, the favor of God is on your life and God is with her and he's, and he's with you. And he said, blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall, shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And verse 36, And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and it is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. 
And then Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. First of all, I want to remind you again that the Lord said, the angel said to her, Gabriel, you are highly favored. You have been chosen of God. I think sometimes in many circles, uh, Mary is exalted too high as deity, which she is not. But she was a human being just like you and I. And God selected her and chose her. And she was favored of God. And it didn't have just to do with her. It also had to do with her husband, her future husband, Joseph. And so I want you to see this. And then... Um, he said to her, um, you know, she said, how can this thing be? And we all know that nothing is impossible with God, but he said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And one of the things that I want you to remember is without the Holy Ghost, you can do nothing. Without the Spirit of God in the middle of Christianity, in the middle of church, there's really no reason to have church. Because without the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, without the presence of God in everything we do, including your life. Remember, you don't have a sacred life and a secular life. And what a greater time to remember than the time of Christmas when um, all kinds of things are going on. But because of Jesus, uh, you have the ability to have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. God is with you. And along with Mary and many others, you are highly favored of God because God is with you. God is for you. God is in you. And so I wanted to remind you about that. But she said, how can this thing be? Because naturally speaking, I don't know a man. I've never been with a man. This is impossible. And then this angel said to her, Gabriel said, nothing is impossible uh, with God. And if God said something, he means to bring it to pass. Now I want you to see this. Um, this is really important. I want to go, I want to look at this because sometimes in the church world today, we can't assume everybody understands. Uh, in our modern society, um, there's a lot of things going on. And uh, um, I was helping someone recently with Hebrews 11:6. First, you must believe that God is. First, you must believe that God is. And, and that's where we have to start. One of the things the devil is a master at right now is causing our young people and our young adults to wonder even if God is. You know, that's a very subtle but a very clever trick of the devil if he can get people to question, is God real? Because you got to start with there. And I know you all believe that, but God is real. You can look at, you can look at the creation and understand that God is real. And then after that, you have to understand something which is very important. We can't just pass over the virgin birth. Without a virgin birth, there is no Savior. Without a virgin birth, there's no reason to gather. And we don't look at it very often except this season, but it's very important. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. So the virgin birth is a part of and very important to your salvation. It's very important to redemption because um, God, the Holy Ghost, came on a virgin uh, and she bare a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel because God is with us. When Jesus came, he said, God is with us. You remember one time his disciples said, show us the Father. And he said this, how long has I, have I been with you? Can't you see that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Because that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one, uh, manifest in three persons. And so this is what the Lord said he would do. He would, he would cause a virgin, her name is Mary, to bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Everybody say, happy birthday, Emmanuel. 
Hallelujah. His name is Jesus, right? And so the Holy Ghost came on her. And then I want you to see this because I think sometimes in our circles we don't understand the lengths that God will go to to make sure you understand something is him. He said to her, the angel said to her, uh, you remember your cousin Elizabeth. Now, how many of you know Elizabeth, right? Remember, uh, she's at her house right now, and she's six months pregnant, and she could not conceive. And her husband was at home, and he couldn't talk. You remember that? It was six months apiece for her. Because remember, he doubted what the angel said, right? And, and the angel even gave him a name. And it, he couldn't get to name him after himself, right? So he's at home not talking. And a woman who is old is now six months pregnant. And that's her cousin. Don't you think she knew that? Come on, if you had a cousin who was in her 80s that had a, was pregnant, and her husband wasn't talking because he saw an angel? Do you think you and everybody else around knew it? So what's, what's Gabriel doing? Because this is such a big thing. How many of you know this is a little strange? For a little girl named Mary, who's about to get married. But she says, I, I, I think the reason they did Listen, we don't start by letting God confirm things in the natural, but when you get something spiritual from God, he will bring people, he will show you things to make you know you are doing the right thing at the right time. And so after he told her, remember your cousin Elizabeth, God did that. He didn't have to say it, but your uncle's not talking. God did that. And the same God wants to do this. And she said, after that, be it done to me according to your word. And that's the key if you and I are going to have the things God has for us. What do, you want to, what do you need to understand about this season? Jesus was born of a virgin. It's essential for your salvation. It's not optional. It's not optional. Well, it could be. It could not. No, it's not optional. He was born of a virgin. And that's got to be period, end of story in you. I believe that. Prove it. I do, by the word. That's the only proof I need. That's the only proof you need. If the devil can make you try to chase things down, then he's going to mess you up. If God said it, that's the way it is. And he is the pure lamb. And the reason he was the pure lamb, the sacrifice, is because he was born of a virgin. He's all God. He's all man. What else do you need to know? Well, the, the, so after that, the Holy Ghost came on her, and she was able to receive. But she said, be it done unto me according to your word. Anything that God has for you in your life during this Christmas season or any part of your life, you've got to agree. There's a God side and a man side. God couldn't just do this with Mary. He needed her permission. He needed her belief, and he needed her words. He needed her permission. He needed her belief. And he needed her words. Everybody say, be it done unto me according to your will. Now, we often leave him out, but let's not leave out Joseph, who is very important in this. Now, how many of you know, suddenly your fiance, we would say at our age, but they were espoused, um, she's pregnant. This doesn't look good. And he was a really good man. Obviously, it was the couple God chose, not just the woman. 
So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Um, so, well, verse 19. Um, I'll go 18. All right. 17. No, just kidding. Let's start at 18. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise when, as a mother, Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. Before they came together means uh, in the marriage way. She was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away. So he's thinking, this is weird. This thing happened. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to take her out of the public so that nobody bothers her. So he loved her and he wanted to protect her. But while he thought on these things, I can just imagine him laying in bed, pondering all these things, pillow under his head, and then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, as he fell off to sleep, Thus thou, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And, it's, and she shall bring forth a son, and you call his name Jesus, for he shall be... Uh, for, uh, he shall save the people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord and the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin, Isaiah 7, 14, shall be with a child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God is with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took him his wife, and he knew her not until she had brought forth the firstborn son and called his name Jesus. So it's important to understand that that God is doing this supernatural thing, an angel appearing, Gabriel appearing to Mary. You got an angel coming in Joseph's sleep. And then I want to wrap this part up by saying this, then God is so good, even with all that going on, there's a little girl named Mary who may be having some wonderings. What does all this thing mean? And in Luke chapter 1, Verse 39, she goes to see Elizabeth because the angel said, uh, Elizabeth is with child. And so there's a connection there. It says in verse 39, and Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste on purpose into the city of Judah. And he entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. She didn't speak in other tongues, but she was filled with the Holy Ghost in a time when nobody was being filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice. And so after she was filled with the Holy Ghost, she began to prophesy. And she looked at Mary and she said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. She's prophesying. Now, take it out of the Bible. Put it, you, you, she... She shows up at the house and she's like, hey, Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth sees her, she, she's filled with the Holy Ghost and she begins to prophesy, how is it the mother of my Lord comes to visit me? How many know that would help Mary out a minute? For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb. And then she said this. And blessed is she. Can you put Luke 145 up in the Amplified Classic? And, ble and blessed, happy to be envied is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. In other words, Elizabeth said for all of us, Mary, thank you for believing God. Amen. And then she began to prophesy. I wonder, you know, even all this happened, Mary, after this, had to begin to ponder what, what is going on. 
who is Jesus? Who's he going to be? And so I've asked Jackie to come sing one of my favorite songs. Mary, did you know? Christmas cornerstone.
So after pondering all those things and you know that Jesus uh, was born in a manger and the reason that he got there was because it was time to pay taxes. Did you think anything good could come of paying taxes? So it was time to go pay taxes and so Joseph was born in Bethlehem so he had to go back to Bethlehem. That's where his family was from to be taxed and you know the account, the inn was full and so uh, Mary and Joseph were in a manger and that's where Jesus was born. And so in Luke, um, after he was born, um, the shepherds uh, had an encounter again with angels. And I think it's really important to understand that I, I do know the angels have always hearkened to the voice of the word of God. But I'm expecting in these last days for angelic help to be more prevalent than ever before. You don't order angels around, but you just speak the word of God and they hearken unto it. They do what the word of God has said. So angels were very, uh, Gabriel was there. There were all kinds of things going on. So in Luke chapter two, in verse number eight, Luke chapter two, in verse number eight, uh, we'll start at verse seven. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And verse 8 says, And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you born this day is in the city of David our Savior, which is Christ." The Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angels multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And as it came to pass, the angels were gone away from them unto heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they made haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they brought, made uh, known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things that were told them by the shepherd. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So here we have a spectacular over-the-top showing uh, that Jesus is born. Uh, we, we have angels appearing to shepherds, um, watching their sheep, which is interesting that God chose to, uh, to appear to shepherds because Jesus is known as the great shepherd. Jesus is known as the chief shepherd. And the chief shepherd watch over his flock and a lot of times he likens us to sheep. So it was on purpose that God appeared to the shepherds showing them that this is who Jesus will be uh, as they found out these things. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So that's why he appeared to the shepherds watching over the sheep. And so they made haste and they went and they saw just like the angels had said. All right? And then I want you to see this, that uh, um, you all know the account, but Matthew chapter 2 
So I'm not going to give you anything probably you've never heard before, but I want to remind you and put this all together uh, about uh, just the happenings of the birth of Jesus, which is very important to us who believe. And so Jesus then, uh, as he was born, we know this account, but let's look at it, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, uh, here um, in verse number 2, saying that where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. So, you know, we three kings, I'm not going to sing. We three kings, they come, uh, you know, uh, these are from the Orient. These are are non-believers, so to speak. This is the Gentile. So even from the very beginning, because all through the Old Testament, uh, it, was appoint, it was appointed, yes, for the Jews, but the Gentiles would be brought in. And so right from Jesus' birth, God the Father showed the world that I'm going to bring the Gentiles in right now. And so the, these three kings, these magi, these whatever you call them, and it wasn't just three, and they didn't come with just one piece of gold. Uh, they, they, a whole load of people came to honor Jesus at his birth. They recognized a king had been born. Verse 5 says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And verse number 9 says, And when they heard the, the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they had saw in the east. So God made a supernatural star, brought this star specifically to stand over where Jesus was being born. Um, I, I think, you know, not that I need it. There's proof of these kind of things that happened, but there's this star, and they saw this star, and they were people who understood the things in the heaven, and they saw the star in the east, and that it went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. That's like a Holy Ghost flashlight showing these guys where exactly to go. It's a supernatural thing. It says, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And they were coming to the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. These three kings, these people who were not of the Jews, who didn't maybe understand everything, they just saw this supernatural thing, and he's the one. And they began, they followed him, and they brought him gifts, and they bowed down before him, and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, and they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they, every one of those things has great meaning, and I don't really have time, I don't really want to spend this, this Christmas talking about it, but every one of those are significant. After this, Jesus, uh, Joseph had a dream, and he had to take Joseph into Egypt, for two years so he could be protected. This is how they lived off of this offering. And I'm telling you that every part of this has something to do with Jesus' life, with his death, with his burial, with his resurrection. God is very uh, important to him. The details, he cares about the details of Jesus' birth. He cares about your details. He cares about your life. He has set things in order so that you can have a good life here on the earth. But I wanted you to see. So we got shepherds of the Jews who angels appeared to in a spectacular way. Then we got three kings and their group coming from, uh, you know, the Orient, the Gentiles coming in, and they both came and they bowed down before him and they worshiped him. Amen. Next we're going to have Destiny and Angie are going to sing O Holy Night.
Hallelujah. So after Jesus was born in a manger, and there were some things that needed to be done according to the law. And so I want to look at Luke chapter 2 as they bring Jesus to the temple. And it's interesting how people were watching and waiting for this day. And in Luke chapter 2, verse number 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So the Spirit of God had especially appointed this man, because in that time and season, the Spirit of God was only on the king, the priest, and the prophet. And now there's this man, Simeon, the Holy Ghost comes on him, and he has an assignment. And his assignment is this. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And verse 26 says, It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he would see the Lord's Christ. You know, do you think about it, how amazing that really is? In this time, there's a man who is older that the Lord has given an assignment. The Holy Ghost has come upon him, and his assignment is to watch and to wait for the birth of a Savior that at that time most people were not looking for, even though it was prophesied. They weren't looking. Many people weren't. What do you do? Well, I'm a watcher, and I'm waiting in the temple because there is an Emmanuel coming. There is a Savior coming, and it's been appointed to me to watch and wait for him. You know, he probably didn't have a lot of close friends and a lot of followers on Facebook (laughs) because they would have thought this man is a little out there but he heard from God and he did his assignment and every one of us has an assignment and his assignment was to watch and to wait and he was not going to die until Jesus was revealed 
And he came by the spirit of the temple. He came by the spirit into the temple. So in other words, he's home eating breakfast, and the Holy Ghost said, "It's time." So he puts down his fork or his falafel or his bagel or his scrambled eggs wrapped in a taco, whatever he was eating, and he put it down and immediately went into the temple. And it says, um, he, by the Spirit of God, he went to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. So the custom, they were, in other words, they were going just to fulfill the custom of the law. The Holy Ghost didn't tell them to go. They were just doing what the law dictated at that time. They went to Bethlehem to pay taxes because that was what was necessary. And then yet God has all this, even with the natural and the supernatural coming together to bring forth the plan of God. And he said, um, as soon as the parents brought him in, uh, verse 28, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen salvation. He was holding salvation in his hands. And he acknowledged it. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I've been waiting on. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light, listen to me. So here is a Jewish man who is waiting. He's, past, he's aged and he's been waiting. And look what he prophesied. He said, a light to the Gentiles, which would not make him popular at that moment. But he knew why Jesus came. Jesus came for the whole world. And he has still come for the whole world. He's a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through, his own, through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now verse 36, there was another person there. So Simon didn't have this alone. At least he had a lady named Anna. There was one Anna, a prophetess. So here, even before uh, going into the new covenant, God was using women, and he called her a prophetess. So that's an office gift, uh, not just an ordinary praying woman. This is a prophetess of God, a called woman of God. And there was Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Aser, and she was of great age. And she had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity and was a widow of about fourscore and four years. So um, she had married seven years and 84 years on her own. This girl was old. She was old, older. Hunter doesn't look old to me anymore. Hallelujah. Uh, fourscore and four years, which departed... She departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. How long this woman did this, I don't know. But God spoke to her again. You're a watcher and you're a prayer, a prophetess of God who is you. So listen to me. God even needed these two. It only took two who were in agreement. Whenever two of you touch anything as in agreement, it shall be done. He just got these two alone and isolated who believed what he had spoken to them. I wonder who else he spoke to, but they didn't believe. Maybe because when he threw the Gentiles in, people were like, I'm not up for that. Um, so he chose this man and this woman. 
And uh, so she was a widow a long time, but she served God with fasting and prayers day and night. This was her entire life. And she came in the instant, and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake unto of them to all that looked on for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee in their own city, Nazareth. And Jesus grew and waxed strong, and I'm just going to add this because we've been looking at it, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Amen. And so we see these supernatural things happening. And we see that um, uh, the birth of Jesus in the manger, which you and I know about. But I remind you again, the virgin birth is of the utmost importance. It is not an option for you not to believe that. And you can't let anybody talk you out of that. The virgin birth is very real. It's very important to your redemption. It's very important to your salvation. And then God went out of his way supernaturally, placing a star so the three kings from the Orient, the Gentiles, could come and worship him and bring him those gifts. Uh, The angels appeared unto the shepherds so that people could see that Jesus, like a shepherd, and and those shepherds began to herald uh, what had happened, what they had seen. And then, you know, back to all this, Mary's pondering all this, and she's going to need this to hide it in her heart and Joseph for what's coming up ahead. But, you know, Elizabeth, prophesied to her and told her what was going to happen about Jesus. So let's go back and look at that. Let's go back and look at when um, Elizabeth was prophesying to Mary. It's here in Luke chapter 1. Verse 46 of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 46. And Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of this handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Elizabeth and Mary, you are blessed. Hallelujah. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear from generation to generation. And he has showed strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Uh, He hath put down... So Mary's prophesying, and all this is happening. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them in low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has uh, sent empty away. He has helping the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers to Abraham and his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and then returned to her own house. So she hung out with Elizabeth because now they're bonded because of the Holy Ghost experience that they've had. And uh, uh, John the Baptist is leaping in the inside of Mary's womb. They've got this thing, and it's just an amazing thing. But I wanted you to know that Mary, even herself, God spoke through her so that she would know what, what's happening. And all these things, you know, um, Simon and Anna prophesying to her and telling her uh, the reality of who this baby is. Then even that, you know, the funny thing is, remember when Jesus was 12 years old and he was studying and, and, and he was left, and uh, Joseph and Mary went away, and they, they lost him. The 12-year-old, they lost him. So they had to go find him, and, and they were all concerned. And he said, do you know it had to be about my father's business? They're puzzled, even though they know all these things. And even one time, all this was happening. Listen to me. I, I want to remind you of something. No matter how real God is to you right now, the devil is a master at throwing doubts your way whether it's for your salvation, whether it's your healing, whether it's what you're believing for, your marriage, your life. 
So this happens because there's an enemy, because there's life. So even Mary later on and, and all the brothers, I'm sure they had to tell everybody, this is how it happened. I don't think the brothers and the sisters of Jesus were uh, unaware of it all. And then when Jesus was preaching one day, mama and some brothers showed up to take him home because they said he has lost his mind. And that's when Jesus said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? So what was that? In all that she had already seen, the devil life was able to get her in her flesh. Now, how many know she got over it? And they got over it. But I'm just telling you it's possible. So don't ever think. That's why in the age we live in, the virgin birth of utmost importance. Jesus, all God, all man, utmost importance. Utmost importance. He's all God, he's all man. I can't figure that out with my brain. Quit trying to figure it out in your brain. Believe it in your heart. All God, all man. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And then this Jesus who was born in a manger, the Bible says his body was fashioned after the form of a lamb and he was spotless. And he lived his life for 30 years, 33 years on the earth with not a sin, without a fault. And then the Bible says this, no man took his life from him. When the time was right, the Bible says he laid down his life. He willingly became a sacrifice. He said, my body was fashioned to be a sacrifice. And then he went, uh, which we look at at Easter, but I want to do it right now on Christmas. Listen to me. He who knew no sin became sin so that you could become righteous. He became poor so that you could become rich. He took all the fear, the stress, and the strife of life. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Before Jesus left, he said, my peace I leave you. He, he gave us everything good. He, he took everything that we could not take and he gave us everything we could not get. He died on Calvary's hill on a cross. He shed his blood. The lamb, the spotless lamb shed his blood and his blood dripped down to the earth and it still calls out mercy for you and me today. Then... After three days, he, was, he got up from the dead and he took his blood and he ascended up into heaven. Because remember, he told Mary, don't touch me. What does this have to do with Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with Christmas because of the virgin birth. That blood now is something that is a, the, the, the most prime commodity that ever has been. It's better than gold. We were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. This blood of the lamb is most precious. And that's why he said, don't touch me. Because they said, I have not yet ascended to your father. See, the family's now changed. He's saying, you can be in the family. To my father, because before he was just God. To my father, to your father. And then Jesus rose, put his blood on the mercy seat and sat down. Now listen, you and I, because of the virgin birth, because of the spotless blood, we can be born again. Amen. Are you grateful for the new birth? Are you grateful for the new birth? 
I want to pray this. I got a lot of people watching all over the world. Feliz Navidad to all my folks in Chile that are watching Ecuador, different places. Um, but I want to make sure, and we're just going to do it a little different today. Before they come and sing the last song, I told you all, maybe some of you didn't believe me, but I'm pretty true to my word. I told you this is going to be short and sweet, but I want it to be powerful right now. If someone brought you today and during this Christmas season, the best gift you can ever give Jesus is to receive your salvation. What can I do for someone who gave me everything? First, it starts off with you being born again. What, what does it mean to be born again? It means this. I believe that Jesus is that baby born in a virgin. But I believe he also grew up. And I believe he also went to the cross and he took my sin, my guilt, my shame. I believe that he was raised from the dead. Now you see, it starts with acknowledging that God is. And then coming next is Jesus is. And then Jesus did all these things for me. And then you have to believe in your heart. You have to believe in your heart that he is. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you confess that with your mouth, you will be born again. You know, at Christmas, we like to give gifts to everybody. We exchange gifts. We give gifts to our family. The best gift you can give to the Lord is to surrender your life. I said the best gift you can give to the Lord is to surrender your life. And you can do that by being born again. So just right now, in this moment, I want everyone in the room to bow your head, close your eyes. Everyone watching, maybe you got friends and family, but I want, I want you to lift one hand to heaven because that's where your help comes from. And I want you to pray this prayer. If you've already prayed it before, I want you to help those around you to pray it. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. And I believe that he is all God and all man. I believe that Jesus went to the cross, took my sin, took my guilt, took my shame. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe that because my sins are now forgiven, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to the earth. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for inviting me into your family. Amen? Now that's a Merry Christmas. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. This is Daniel. He's sitting up here on the front row. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, um, if you want, I have some books for you. I've got some things for you. He's going to be standing back to my left at these double doors in just a few minutes when the service is over, after you're dismissed. Um, to the children, uh, if you haven't seen Miss Deanna or Bethany, uh, make sure we got candy for all the kids. And that's fifth grade and under. <laughs> that's not... That's not teenage kids. That's not 30-year-old kids. That's fifth grade and under kids. Merry Christmas. Um, I gave you donuts. What else you want? And make sure you take all those donuts. Hallelujah. Um, before we have the last song, 
the shepherds did it. The kings did it. Um, you and I have done it, but during this season, I want to remind you what they did. They proclaimed. They came and worshiped, and then they proclaimed what they saw, who Jesus is. They proclaimed what they knew. Um, we have to understand that that's now up to us. You who have experienced him. And at this church, I know most all the time we've all, we're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. We love Jesus. You're here on Christmas Eve um, in the morning. I know the donuts is not the only thing that brought you. Um, and I hope tradition just didn't bring you. We love him. We honor him. But there is a lost and dying world out there. And it is our obligation, our joy. Um, you know, uh, we're not Simon. We're not Anna. But in the same way, we can proclaim to people who he is. We can watch and wait for his soon second and final return. Amen. Um, God has depended on us. The way he set things up is now we're supposed to proclaim. You know that old song, we're not going to sing it, and I'm not going to try to sing it. Go tell it on the mountain. Come on. We're supposed to go, and we're supposed to tell it. One of the things I love about Christmas is it brings us back to the place of adoring Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And uh, so we got a father-daughter duo going to come sing our last song.
the Lord. 